This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Harry Wakes right to the last. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We do hope you're keeping safe and well. We are recording instant reaction to Tottenham Hotspur getting beaten at home by Liverpool. What a mess of a game. What a mess of a performance. I don't know what we're going to be bringing in the next hour or two. Hopefully it's therapy. Hopefully it's some light relief on the back of a real woeful display that many, many fans said we knew it was coming. We saw it was coming. It's Dr Tottenham. Delighted to have alongside me to try and look through the next hour. I've got Lee McQueen alongside me, a despondent Lee McQueen. Lee, how are you? Yeah, not bad, Ricky. Uh, thoroughly disappointed uh, with tonight. And uh, yeah, look, I'm sure we'll get into it. But uh, yeah, very, very, very disappointed. Uh, I thought it was very lacklustre. And I'm actually a little bit embarrassed, if I'm honest. Um, but I'm sure we'll get into it, mate. Yeah, we will indeed. I've also got alongside me, I've got Chris Cowling back on the show. Chris, what a display. What can you say after that? Not a lot. No, not a lot at all. So difficult. I say doing this after the game, instant reaction. It's so, so tricky. Just a night where simply everything went wrong from the tactics, the selection, to the game management, to the substitutions. Jamie's back also from the Daily Hotspur. Jay, just looking at you there. I mean, you look so despondent as we all do. Can't believe what we've just watched. Well, I (laughs) I say can't believe. We probably can believe what we've just watched. Yeah, no, I'd usually come on and say, look, I'm doing well, but I'm not, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, that was yeah. really, really embarrassing performance. And I think, yeah, totally spot on from Lee. I think it was an embarrassing performance. There was just players on the pitch there that weren't good enough tonight that were kind of just looked like they were lacking effort as well. It was really, really quite embarrassing. There was poor mm. substitutions. But for me, I think that the players have to take the majority of the blame tonight. I thought it was pretty shocking. So, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, normally just to say, we do normally put our listener questions. Um, we obviously, we've turned this show around in 10 minutes after the game. So apologies, we'll have the listener questions back at the weekend. I think you can imagine the flavour of what was going to come through anyway in terms of the listener questions. And I'm sure we're going to cover those off in this next hour or so. Lee, let's start with you. Let's try and get underway in what's going to be a real difficult show to try and review. So Liverpool ending a five-game winless run with their first league victory of 2021. A free one success at our place, who they've now beaten seven times in a row. And I just wonder, Lee, you know, there'll be some soul-searching after this defeat because it largely reinforced what we already knew, that Mourinho's approach is built on fine margin. And this crop of defenders, as we've said time and time again, they're just not up to executing what Mourinho wants them to do. And on top of that now, we've got Kane's fitness being a major issue. As we understand, he's going to be out for a minimum of two to three weeks, Mourinho tells us. I mean... How do you look back on such a devastating night of football for us? Well, this one's on Mourinho for me. Uh, I think tactically we were inept, uh, completely wrong. We were totally overrunning midfield from 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 the get-go. Uh, it was glaringly obvious to a, 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 an amateur like me uh, to, to watch the game. It, we, it was gaps all over the pitch. We didn't tactically change. We could have made an adjustment. Doesn't need to be a substitution. Didn't bother. Didn't do either. Um, and we were just hoping. We were just hoping that we wasn't going to concede. Um, but it was glaringly obvious that we were going to concede a goal, in, in, my, in my opinion. When, when you look at the stats, they're a joke. Uh, three shots um, all night. Three shots. This is not on target, listeners. This is three shots in total. We had two on target. Of course, Huyberg uh, was a bullet, which I'm sure we'll get into. 14 shots for them, seven on target. When we went to Anfield, they have 11 on target. We had two. We set up today in the same way. Uh, different team, different personnel. We set up in the same way that we did against Anfield. Going to Anfield, I think there were 66 games unbeaten, nearly four years unbeaten at Anfield. They've come to us. They haven't scored a goal in seven hours. They, they haven't won a Premier League game in five games. And Dr. Tottenham will see you tonight. Of course he will. Because literally, it was just shooting practice for them. I mean, they couldn't, you couldn't make it up. I mean, I know Salah was offside, but he's, he's put one in the back of the net. Firmino couldn't hit the barn door. He's put one in the back of the net as normal. Six times he's scored against us now. Um, I mean, I'm looking here at some of the stats here, you know, in the blue book, 83% passing actually, Tottenham. I mean, you're having a laugh. I don't even believe that. I reckon it was at least 60. I mean, we were absolutely woeful from start to finish. Um, and again, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a bit embarrassed today. I, I, I can't. You can't defend that. And, you know, I'm Mr. Positivity and I want to be positive. I can't, cannot be positive. It's totally on Jose. The, the, the back foot, low block, back foot. I mean, Doherty as a left wing back. Are you, are you actually having a laugh? And then when he substituted him, uh, when he made substitutions, he kept Doherty on the pitch. I, I, I just, it's, honestly, it's I, I think he wants Doherty. to get sacked. I think he wants to get sacked, Rick. It's, it's so bizarre, isn't it? I mean, it's so bizarre. Listen, we're sitting here in this league table now. I know we're down to eighth. I don't know. We're still in all the cup competitions coming to you, Chris. And, you know, it's one of those things that we say on this show. You know, we jokingly say at times the trophies are coming. You know, I can tell you one of them that won't be coming will be the Premier League because our form is absolutely shocking. It's two wins now out of a possible weight. But, Chris, generally, you know, the first half, I would say, was mostly OK. You know, some could have very easily put Spurs ahead early on, if not for an inch. But then... As it's always the case with Spurs, it's individual errors costing us at the back. All three goals, I know you're also going to tell me, were entirely avoidable. The obvious worry is now Kane if he's out. Spurs not only lose his goals, but also lose that crucial supply line to Son. 
I mean, again, how do you look back, Chris, on a real difficult evening where you do feel now, you know, this is going to take a lot to come back in this Premier League to even try and get in the top four at the moment? Do you know, when you do these podcasts, it, it just seems to be so up and down at the moment. One week it's great, next next week it's it's awful. And tonight is one of those awful nights where, um, you know, I try and be, you know, a very positive Tottenham fan, try and see all the positives for, for what it is. You know, try and think that Jose Mourinho is there to win us a trophy, see, see the best in players, etc, etc. Now, on our WhatsApp group before the game, I asked you all for a prediction and said, you know, I think that Spurs will win 2-1. Jamie said 2-0. And Lee, the most positive, one of the most positive people I know in my life, Lee turned around and said Liverpool will win the game 3-1, which absolutely baffled me. And, it, and it's funny because Jamie earlier on in the day said, uh, has Jason McGovern got your phone, Lee? You know, which made me laugh, thinking, you know, it's the sort of prediction <laughs> that Jason would have come out with. But... I just can't believe like the the lack of desire tonight. And, uh, you know, sorry to come back on you again, Lee, but, you know, even after the game, you know, Lee has put up a a, a post on Twitter, you know, showing the last minute of the game, showing that that all of the players are walking. Um, No desire to go forward. Um, As Lee said as well, you know, three shots on top, you know, three three shots on target or three shots overall. No, three shots overall, yeah. Just just not good enough. And, uh, you know, you're playing the champions. If... There is any games that every single Tottenham Hotspur player needs to be up for. And we used to say this about Danny Rose, you know, you, you know, when, when you get it, when a player gets it in big games. Ask yourself tonight, how many of those players got it in tonight's game? You know, you, could, you can blame Jose Mourinho all night, but, um, you know, some of the players just didn't give it tonight. And I just find it baffling as well, the fact that we've got, you know, the superstar Gareth Bale on the bench. You know, we just don't use him. Uh, when he comes on, he just doesn't look like he's at the races. He, he doesn't even look like he's going to do any better than what any of us four could do. Um, and Carlos Vinicius, you know, he hasn't even uh, started in the Premier League. He's, he's had about four sub-appearances in the Premier League. We just don't use him. Um, and it's funny because when, when I know that I'm doing this podcast, I normally write down an, a, a number of uh, facts and stats from the game and, you know, key moments. I've hardly written anything tonight. It's all, it's all, it's all Liverpool. It's all, it's all how we defended really poorly, and um, the amount of times when you know we we allowed Liverpool to, to play. And as you said, Rick, all three goals tonight were individual errors. Hugo Lloris for that first goal. Why on earth are you not pouncing on that? You know, I used to play in goal on a, in Sunday league, and I tell you what, you'd be you'd be told a ball's coming across, you'd be pouncing on it, and of course for that other goal as well. You know, why is he not saving it and putting it out wide? He's a World Cup winning, uh, you know, player. And I just can't believe, like, some of the some of the errors tonight for, for the goals. You can't even give one of them away in such an important game. But to give three away, um, you know, and we were lucky not to concede more because, of course, the other one got um, disallowed. But a thoroughly, thoroughly disappointing night. And it was like a real men against boys uh, game tonight. And, and it's put us firmly in our place. And any of us that have ever said that, you know, Tottenham can challenge for the Premier League this season, well, more fool us. Because after that display, you just realise how much further the likes of Manchester City and Liverpool are to the likes of us. Yep. No, I mean, that is so, so true. So, so true on the back of what we're seeing there. I mean, come around to you, Jamie. We've already kind of mentioned this, but it was horrific all round from the manager to the individual errors. You know, Liverpool, they hadn't scored any goals in 486 minutes, like Lee, I think, brought up at the start. They then go and score three 
yeah. in a period of 22 minutes. You know, and I refer to this again, it's two wins out of our last eight games. You know, ultimately the loss will come down to the individual errors made by Lloris, you know, Roden, Dyer, Davis. But surely Jose has a lot to answer for as well. You know, as Lee mentioned, Doherty, left wing back, Lamella and Winks, the guys to come on and change the game. I mean, Jamie, when you're looking at that game, changes being made, the selection itself, I mean, who do you lay the blame on for this kind of performance and result? Well, I mean, first, yeah, I mean, look, for me, I think the majority of the blame has to go on the players tonight. I just think there was kind of a real lack of effort at times. Um, there was just a number of individual performances that were not good enough. As you said, the guys that came on were not good enough. Um, but then also you do have to put the blame on the manager as well because he's bringing them on. You shouldn't be bringing Harry Winks on when you need to get a goal. Why you bring Eric Lamella on, a guy that's not played hardly enough football? So, I mean, in fairness, as much as I say, there is definitely a blame that needs to go on the players for not being good enough. Dyer, what on earth is he doing for the, the first goal and not clearing it? You know, multiple other occasions where you can blame other players for, for some of it. But, you know, as soon as that lineup came out for Liverpool, you looked at it and you thought, well, if we've got any ambitions this season of doing something, we've got to go and take advantage of them. Jordan Henderson is a centre-back and then Joel Matip, who's kind of in and out all the time from injury, is just not good enough. You know, we could we just did not test that back line enough at all. Um, you saw what the plan was in the first half. It was the kind of counter-attack and that just seemed to be our only plan with, with Kane and Son. And then, of course, when Harry Kane picks up that injury, you know, we look absolutely clueless. There was just other, no other plan. Look, I, I still feel as though, look, the only way I'm staying positive, I do feel as though in the other competitions we're going to do well because we play like a cup team. But the problem is we play like a cup team in the league and we look to, you know, we, we look to kind of defend and, and then catch them on the counter-attack. And that's just how teams, you know, that's how winning teams kind of winning in cup competitions. I'll tell you what though, Jamie, we play like that in any cup competition, we'll be out. Do you get true. me? Yeah. End of, yeah. uh, I do agree with you, mate. But honestly, we play like that against any yeah. other, in any other cup game, we're going home. Yeah, I, I mean, look, the, the, there was obviously two big injuries tonight, I think, that really did affect us. I mean, look, Harry Kane going off. I mean, we just saw kind of the, the hole that he leaves in the team, not having a player like Harry Kane, because I think the team around them, when they saw that Harry Kane went off, they kind of, they looked clueless as well and they just looked scared and, and they kind of gave up. That's what it almost looked like. Um, and yeah, I think when, and then of course, Regulon as well, when you're having to play Doherty as a left wing back, it's just not, just so not good enough for Spurs. Um, and and Regulon, I think, was definitely a big miss tonight. And it was, and maybe, and again, bizarre why you're trying to set up in that formation. I said about playing the wing backs, but when you when you're having to bring out Regulon and then you're having to bring in Doherty, it was just, I just it wasn't the right thing to do tonight. The thing, the thing is, Jamie, he didn't he didn't play wing backs, did he? Really, he played the back no, five. No, I think that's no. the problem. And and actually, to, you know, and I again, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but. Talk about Harry Kane, and I think the you know the team did change when Harry Kane went off. But we scored a goal when he was off the pitch. At least we had a goal when he was off the pitch. You look at the stats at half time; it's, it's embarrassing. Well, I mean, we, talking yeah, about we... Harry Kane and Hummin Son, like, yeah, okay, and he was offside, and he was offside. You can have the VAR argument if you want, but he was offside at the end of the day. Yeah. But what, what did we create when they were both on the pitch? This reminded me tonight, lads and listeners against Sheffield United. When we, when we scored that goal, it got ruled off offside against Sheffield United in Project Restart. 
and we di- didn't get over it. We were it's like head dropping, crying. Mentality oh, we should have had a goal. Oh, we should have had a goal. And then we end up losing 3-1. Kane gets one in the last minute. We yep. got battered by Sheffield. It reminded me of that. Our heads went down. That is yep. on the players. But Jose is also, it's on Jose. Tactically ridiculous setup tonight. Absolutely ridiculous. And ultimately gaps everywhere. No adjustments. Why are you bringing on Winks and Lamella? I mean, you actually having a laugh. And then obviously, and again, I understand Bale was playing against a team like Wickham. I'm not saying it's, you know, it's, it's a great result for Bale again to come on so late. Again, you wonder, you know, is this guy going to bring his minutes up? Chris, just to come to Mourinho's post-match comments that I've filtered through to us. He says, for Harry to leave a game means it's not a nothing injury. We don't know how long. We'll have to wait and see. On the team's performance, he says, it's a performance totally affected by defensive individual mistakes. The team was very solid, very confident. And in the first half, we made three individual defensive mistakes. And he's right, granted there. The third goal hurts me because it's a mistake from a player who played very, very well, Joe Roden, in his opinion, played very, very well. But also, Chris, I've got to bring up here, you know, Liverpool, they had their fifth choice centre-back and Jordan Henderson in defence. And to be fair, we call zero problems by Hoybier's goal. Do you think for Liverpool, we were the perfect game for them because they were struggling, but they knew they could come to us and not have to defend because Spurs under Jose, they do typically sit back and counter. Would you always fearful going into this game that, you know, despite Liverpool's lack of form, we wasn't going to really be a threat? Why? Well, what, what, I'm telling what, you why, what, because our, our nature of style at the moment is to sit back, soak up pressure and counter-attack. And I just think for a game like Liverpool, where they were so low on confidence defensively, we should be going at them. But we're exactly. not at the moment. Yeah. But, but but if you look at that second half, what did we create? Absolutely nothing. And mm. I'll tell you what, it, it, it's, it's, it's all going to be, oh, Harry Kane wasn't on the pitch. We cannot keep relying on one player every single season. We yeah. know that Harry Kane gets an injury. We know that he spends at least two or three weeks out of a season, you know, if not months. You know, you know it's going to happen. It's January. A lot, a lot of the time in January he gets injured and, and misses a couple of weeks of the season. And we're relying on that one player again. And, and that's why I go back to the point. You, you bring in a striker, and we've said this for years, we need a backup striker or we need someone to compete with Harry Kane. You bring someone in and we're not using them. When Harry Kane goes off, why are we not bringing a striker on? Why are we not doing that? Gareth Bale has, uh, you know, you know, it's fair to say that he had a, a better game against Wickham, but we're playing a team bottom of the championship. You know, these players should be able to come in, um, you know, get some rhythm going and, and, and get some spark going. And there was absolutely no spark in that second half. Um, it was probably a perfect game for Liverpool to, to, to play Spurs, you know, uh, like you say, Rick, but it just wasn't good enough tonight. You know, you can blame Jose Mourinho, you can blame the players. Overall, um, all of it just wasn't good enough. You know, Pierre-Emil Hoybier, his goal, fantastic. Wasn't really a chance. He created it himself. Um, fantastic goal, fantastic finish. He's the only one for me. He's the only one for me that wanted the ball. He's the, the only one that wanted it. The passion, the desire, the winning mentality in his head. He's the only yeah. one on that pitch. And I'm talking about Son. I'm talking about even Kane when he was on the pitch. Pierre-Emil Hoiberg was the only player, in my opinion, that actually wanted to, to, to sort the ball. And I think, you can't do it on your own. But, but sadly, we've seen this before because, of course, last season, when Hunmin Son was out injured, Harry Kane was out injured, you know, we, we didn't have those players going forward. We didn't but, have... But um, he has it, got... I mean, this is the thing. We have exactly. gone and bought in a striker now. We've got and not, them. And we're not using him. Exactly. We've exactly. got them. It's ridiculous. Exactly. You, you've you, got the tools. You've yeah. got the tools and you are not using them. 
Why? There must be a reason. All of the pundits are saying it. All of the yeah. fans are saying it. Mm. Why is Gareth Bale, you know, going into February in the season? Why is he not good enough? Why, why is, is Carlos not- Vinicius not getting a look in? This is a guy that apparently was the striker that Mourinho had chosen. This was Mourinho's top choice to come in. It's just so, so strange. I mean, Jamie, to come no. round to you, I just wonder for a second, Jay, um, playing devil's advocate, there's lots of Mourinho fanboys out there. Many will probably say that take away the individual errors. This is a game that Spurs are firmly in. But, you know, we've seen it under Pochettino. You know, look, Lee Jungner, don't blame him. We've spoken about individual errors for years on this show, for years. Is there any justification for the fact that, you know, if the players do their job, we don't get into this mess? Well, I'm, I mean, I'd certainly say that. But then, look, who was making the individual errors? I think Dyer yeah. for the goal. He picks him. Why does he keep picking Eric Dyer? Don't not, I, I just don't get what he sees in Eric Dyer. Maybe it's the leadership qualities that he likes in Eric Dyer. But footballing-wise, I just think he does. He makes far too many mistakes. And he unfortunately, he's picking these players. Um, you know, maybe you could blame some of the other players. I think maybe Winks was at fault for one of the goals, but he brought him on. And it's he's picking these players as well. Um, look, and I, I think it's a perfect, I think it's a, you know, the guys said there's no plan B. We saw early on, as I said, the plan was clearly to hit them on the counter-attack, but Harry Kane picked up that injury fairly early on. And, and when Harry Kane was kind of having to drop back really deep and, and knew that he couldn't, wasn't able to do the sort of running, you know, that's when you've got to look to plan B, but there, there just seemed to be no plan B whatsoever. Um, and, and, and the substitutions were just utterly... A bizarre. I mean, to try and change the game by bringing on Harry Winks and Eric Lamella is is bizarre. It, it, exactly. That's exactly exactly what I was going to say. Harry Winks and Eric Lamella coming on at half time. All of us Tottenham fans thinking we need to get back into this game. We need to get a goal, and then we see them two coming on. You know, what was your reactions? I know. I know. You know, mine was just disbelief, thinking, you know, where where are the goals going to come from? Where's the spark going to come from? And you know, we've got some real quality on the bench, and and then it, Jose brings them two on. It just didn't make sense to me. Also, boys, I've got to bring up here the fact that, you know, it's one shot, you know, after the 22nd minute, most of which, you know, there was, we were, they were supposed to be chasing the game. This is the most, again, most bizarre thing. But on top of that, you know, Lee, you talk about a lot on this show about mentality. You know, three big games this season where player attitudes just have been poor with no intensity, no desire. I'm looking at Liverpool, Leicester, Everton, these games now. I mean... Are the players listening to the head coach? Are they actually taking it in? Because I'll tell you something, you know, after half time, we're going to come on to the game generally, I promise you we will. But after half time, a second after it, we're nearly going behind. Then we do eventually concede. I mean, I just, I don't know if these players are actually listening to this manager. Well, again, I think this is the major problem because, you know, I have I take no salvation whatsoever in being correct on the on predicting the score. But even at half time, I said to all of you on the WhatsApp group, we're going to go 2-0 down, then we'll go, we'll get one back and then they'll go and score another one. And that's how it'll end up free. That's exactly what happened. I mean, I'm doing like Jose predictions like he was doing in the Amazon documentary. Now, if, if I can see it, some, you know, amateur watching it on my TV, how is he or anyone else in that ground, coaching staff, not seeing that going to happen? You've got to come out and, and, and start very, very quick and fast in the second half because you're one down. And we go two down in within, what, a minute and a half? I mean, what, what was being said? Are we, uh, you know, it comes back to the slapping people with a wet fish in the face again. Nothing's changed. I'm, I'm fed up with saying the same stuff, Rick. Honestly, it is the same. It is insane. It is insane. You keep doing the same things. You keep getting the same results. 
nothing has changed. The mentality hasn't changed. I can sit. I've defended. I, I've defended the manager's tactics at times when he's when he's got it right. I've you know I've tried to be fair and balanced and whatever on being on the show and on on, on the social media feeds and whatever. I just I wear my heart on my sleeve and tell it how it is. And I'm sorry, it was utter excuse my language, shit show tonight <laughs> from start to finish. It was yeah. a disgrace. You know, not being funny, like you're, 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 you're talking about Doherty and so on. I mean, I don't want to dig players out because everyone was woeful tonight, right? Everyone yeah. was woeful. But how come Aurier is coming off the pitch when, when you know, he's, he's been probably the best right back? We changed to a back four at mm. half time when actually we should have been doing that probably in about the 13th, 14th minute, to be fair. Yeah, he still keeps Doherty on the pitch. For the whole know, 90 yeah. minutes. Do you know, Joe, it's weird no, though. No, we have nothing going yeah. forward at all. It was just nothing. We have got big problems in this Spurs defence at the moment. You know, you've got Mourinho clean, not trusting Sanchez, Ardevareld. Then you've got Dyer, two error prone as you brought what's up, What's happened to Toby, then, Rick? Rick, what's well, happened to I Toby? I don't know. Joe, this was the guy gone. that was Mourinho's disciple. This was the guy, you know, who wanted to sign the new contract because he was here. And it's just so bizarre. Now you're finding that Ardevareld's playing the, obviously, the, the FA Cup games. Totally. It's weird. I'd say, I'd say in, in fairness, we all did this with Tongan last season where we kind of questioned why the manager was leaving him out mm. and then we saw when he brought was brought into the team why yeah. he was left out the team obviously he picked mm. up that big injury against Manchester City yeah. um, and then for a guy that's kind of, of of his age you know that that maybe that's kind of where you start to you know your ability starts to kind of dwindle so come on to the team for a second Jay to come round to you because it was Jose Mourinho you know, sticking with what looked like at the time a back three there was one slight twist though for Spurs in the absence of the injured Sergio Reguilon he yeah. picked both Serge Aurier and Matt Doherty. Pretty damning, we have to say, as I said, for Toby Alavara and Davidson Sanchez, whatever the case. Gareth Bale returning to the bench after his goal-scoring start in the FA Cup. Deli Alley injured, apparently, alongside Giovanni Lo who remains out. And, Jay, you know, we had the ball in the net. As always, fine margins. Son was offside by an inch. And like Lee says, do you think, Jay, heads dropped after we didn't get a goal going our favour? Yeah, I, I felt exactly the same. It was really weird, actually. I kind of, I felt exactly that. I was just sat there watching the game and I started feeling really, really nervous that kind of that was our big chance and that, and you know, now something bad was going to happen. And because um, we've seen it before, unfortunately, with this team. But yeah, I mean, on the lineup, as I said, I think Regulon was a huge miss. Um, I kind of wanted to see that. I mean, I hate to call it a back five because that makes it sound defensive. But I think, you know, when you're playing actual wing backs, then it become, can become offensive. Um, because then you're adding two more players into the mix. But we saw tonight, Matt Doherty, I mean, my goodness me, we, you know, he was meant to be called a, a wing-back at, at Wolves, but he was just shocking. And it was like completely and utterly the opposite kind of performance that Regulon produced um, at Sheffield United. So, I mean, that was obviously not the right move. I mean, it was, again, it was without Ben Davis as well on the left side. So um, uh, without him as a left-back, I, I mean, that was another bizarre decision um, to, to stick Doherty out on the left-hand side. So... Um, yeah, I mean the the team selection maybe was a bit a bit odd tonight to pick Doherty as a left wing back. I say not a good start for Tottenham not getting opportunity, and I say after that we see Spurs Chris concede a real soft goal before the break. You know, get to half time nil nil. We're still very much in this game, but typically, you know, as we've seen so many times this season, Spurs switching off. Davis playing Mane onside. He hit a low ball for Firmino as Dyer for some reason decided to leave it. Lloris also. Seemed to leave it. And then the Brazilian walked it in. I mean, what did you make, Chris, of that first goal? It just seemed, again, a calamity of mistakes. And it's, again, awful. so unavoidable. Absolutely awful. As you say, Ben Davis, um, you know, playing playing them on side. 
um, Eric Dyer, Hugo Lloris, someone has to clear that ball. Throw your body at it. Um, just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. You are playing the champions, you know, just before half time as well. And it was just really, really poor. It was just such poor organisation. And defensively today, I just thought that we looked really shaky. And it's funny because, you know, Jose Mourinho has won many, many trophies because he has built his teams on, you know, the defence, very good defensive teams. And he is 14 months in and we are still having these same problems in these big games. And this is why we will not be challenging for the Premier League. Um, this season you know we want we might win a cup and you know joking aside saying about the trophies are coming I know we're in one cup final but yeah we probably will win a trophy uh, under under Jose but you know when we're looking at the bigger prizes you know like the Premier League you need to have um, you know a good defence and, 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 and avoid you know as you said Rick all of these goals are avoidable Chris just just to throw this in there because you won't you will not believe this what I'm about to tell you right Tottenham have got the second best defensive record in the Premier League. The joint second, and that's even after that's even after tonight. Yeah, it and it's a it's a joint second defensive uh, best of it. Who do you think with but joint it second? Be who, who do you think? Arsenal. I mean, you could not make this up. This is the. I mean, but Arsenal it, have had the oh, worst season ever since like eighteen thousand or whatever it was. Right until they were, since they were Woolwich, and we've got the same amount of goal conceded as what they have. Oh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I can't this believe this so season. It's what's crazy train. You know, we're, we're sitting in sixth place in the Premier League. We're now eight points away from Manchester City at the top. And Arsenal are now three points behind us. You know, yeah. most most of us Tottenham fans, um, you know, have been laughing at Arsenal all season, right. saying how dreadful they are, you know, going to be relegated, all of that, all, all of the jokes. And, uh, of course, they're now three points behind us. You know, mm. we've dropped so many points in, yep. in important games. You know, if Tottenham, even, even you know, forget talking about winning the Premier League. If Tottenham are going to get a top four place, you need to be getting results like this at home. I know it doesn't count for a lot, you know, whether you're home or away with, with the fans not in the stadiums at the moment, but you've got to make it well, count. If you laugh, before this game, I said to me, I said even a point tonight, it's not a great result in the circumstances where, you know, we've dropped so many points this season. If you offered me a point before this game, I wouldn't have taken it because Liverpool were in such poor form. But You have to. I, I you have to something out of the game and yeah. and, and this, yeah. this is what's so frustrating as Tottenham mm. fans because one minute you're thinking you know we're, we're building something you know yeah. um you know Jose's putting you know something really good in place and all of us were getting you know excited under Jose and uh, you know you get all excited you feel very very confident and then you know bang straight back down again and this is exactly where we are tonight and it doesn't matter what manager it is what players it is it just seems that it is the Tottenham way where you know, we're, we're disappointed again and again and again. But, you know, this year I thought that we were actually going to achieve something and, and do things. But after tonight, you just you just wonder yet again. And Lee, coming to you, you know... That, go yeah. on. No, go on. No, I was, I was going to say, look, you, you put all of that into some sort of context, right? We win the game in hand that we've got on the five teams above us and we're, we're you know, four points off of second, Right. Manchester United play Arsenal at the weekend, so something's got to give there. And Arsenal are playing very well at the moment, so they could quite easily get a draw. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got still got to play Manchester United at home. We've still got to play Leicester again. We've still got to play Man City again. We've still got to play Everton again. We've still got to play Chelsea again. So it's, it's totally still... And I know it's weird because I started off... In, 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 tonight, this is what's so frustrating being a Tottenham fan. All the listeners are feeling the same pain. It's actually... 
it's crazy. It's a crazy train. It's a crazy season. I can't believe we've still got the best, second best. It's certainly not a party bus at the moment, I tell you. It's just the way this is it's going. just mad. When you look at it now, and you, it only takes two or three games on the yep. trot. Look at Man City, look at Arsenal. We've just said that we'll pick them two out. You only have to win two or three games on the trot, and the league changes. There's no point looking at the league. Uh, you just got to look at the performances well, as we go, and we're yeah. talking about the, the, you know, our game, and it was shocking. Well, can I ask you just on the first goal before we before we just move forward and take a break very quickly? You know, for that goal itself, the, the manner of the conceding is just a concern because you look at the way the diabolical decision from Dyer to not clear the cross, and then you know Davis playing Marley on side, Firmino tapping it in. I just I just wonder, you know, can we afford with the rest of this window? You know what we got now? We've got a couple of days left. You know, will it? Do us damage to not bring another defender in. Have we got enough at the moment? Have we got up a top well, four? Do you think? I mean, it's probably better for Jamie and you boys to talk about transfers. You know, look, the end of the bay. I mean, it's utter. It, it, who have we got lined up, boys? We, we've just brought Joe Roden in for that, Rick. And you know, it's a brand new. It's twenty. And uh, no, it's Joe, I thought, and now you're talking about signing another one. Um, Joe, Joe Roden for me was that uh, one of probably along with Hoybier was the only one that actually kind of was worthy of wearing the shirt tonight. I thought he actually put in a really good performance for someone that was only 23 as well. Mm. Um, I think there was times where he was just let down by the players around him, and at 23, you know, you don't expect that that guy to come in and bring that leadership. I think that's what we're missing: someone who actually leads the the back line. You know, we, we've yeah. seen we, it we, in multiple teams where they bring in a top yeah. central defender, and this is it. We're actually a serious club and we want to go and win things and we want to challenge for the title. We want to get back into the top four. Then we need a top, top central defender because Eric Dyer just is not that player as yeah. much as Jose Marino wants him to be. We need someone who's going to come in and, re- and change this defence because there is no leaders in that back line. And Joe Roden, as much as he's a very good player um, at 23, is not going to be that guy who's going to lead it. And he needs someone to come in there and help him. I totally agree. I think you look at the teams that, you know, that go on to win Premier League. Liverpool got Van Dijk, you know, City and they were brilliant. They had company. I think, you know, for a team to really, really, you know, go and actually be a dominant force in the Premier League, it's all built on a strong foundation of having a real top centre-half. Tottenham, for me, they don't have one. And the options that are around that as well, it's just not good enough. And we've said it so many times, but we are going to go for a very quick break. When we return, we're going to be discussing Hoybier's rocket that wasn't good enough to see Spurs claim any kind of result. Some of the dissection of the other goals we conceded and also a look ahead to Brighton to come. My God, yeah, tough, tough times ahead in terms of the Premier League. Do not go anywhere. We're back after this very, very short break. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Hello and welcome back to the second half of the last word on Spurs. Oh, what we're having to dissect here. Tottenham Hotspur being beaten by Liverpool quite comprehensively at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And, you know, we thought the first half coming to the end was poor. The second half, the beginning of it, Lee, was just even worse. It was even worse. You know, we saw from the opening moments Liverpool being close to going 2-0 up. Mourinho absolutely bollocking them on the touchline, saying, come on, play put football. Moments later, Liverpool did score again as Lloris pushed Mane's shot to Alexander-Arnold, who absolutely buried it. Now, to be fair, at this point in the game, before that, Lloris did make some decent saves to keep us in the game. 
But Lee, you know, should Lloris have done better there in terms of palming the ball out? Because you know, it was Liverpool, it was an open goal for 2 0. It really was. Yeah. Definitely. And you've, I mean, how infuriating is this? You've just come out of, you've just conceded a goal like in the 47th minute or whatever it was before mm. half time and in your yep. time. And then you've, you've gone in, you've reset, you've, come on, lads, that's what, you know, this is what we're going to have to go after. Come out, two minutes later, you're 2 0 down. I mean, it's literally, I mean, it's painful. It's literally painful. Uh, yes, he should have done better, Rick. Louis should have done better. Uh, you know, the whole the whole team in the second half should have been switched on for that. And they should be the ones going for the juggler. They should be the ones at the other end of the pitch giving it a go. But it weren't. It was us on the back foot yet again and 2-0. And, you know, at that point, you're just going, you know, you're 2-0 down against the champions, regardless of how bad their form's been. We've just let we've just allowed them to play themselves back into form during that entire first half. So they come out in the second half, bang, tune it up. It's game over. You know it is. If it was the other way around, if Tottenham had been tuning up, we'd have had the WhatsApp group and our very own John from Little White Rose, he'd have been saying, that's game over at 2-0. Because and Jose would have been saying it. And it was, it was 2-0 and it was game over. And we all knew it and we all was waiting for it to happen. Yeah. guess what? It was, it Unbelievably, yeah. it happened, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. I just wonder, Jay, coming around to you that, you know, we saw Mourinho come out very, very early, actually, um, during the break to instruct Harry Winks, you know, in terms of what he was expecting from him. Same with Eric Lamella. And it's just so bizarre, isn't it, that we start the second half in that fashion where there's no reaction. There's no, you know... There's nothing from the team to suggest that, you know, we're coming out in the second half, we're fully pumped, we're going to turn this game around. It's almost a complete opposite. Can you understand that? You know, why is there not, you know, that that eagerness to try and get back into the game straight away? Can you understand it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, it's a difficult question to answer. I mean, for, for me, I mean, it just when when Harry Kane kind of picked up that injury, we, we literally looked so clueless without him in the team. We just looked so scared. And, you know, even Sun kind of just went disappearing. So... Um, I think that that was just such a big loss. Just psychologically, the team just were kind of killed from that. Um, and yeah, it was obviously so disappointing to see. I mean, obviously, Laurie's parried it into the path of, of Trent Alexander-Arnold. But, you know, the defence, again, there's just no one there to kind of clear up, clear up the loose ball. There should have been maybe someone there. So such a disappointing response to come out and concede straight away like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, they talk about the change of mentality. But again, it just doesn't seem to be there because we've come out when... You know, we need to start strong and we can start completely opposite. So it was just embarrassing. Chris, coming around to you, one of the players that I think we can all agree this season has been a shining light, no matter how we've been playing, bar maybe the first game, Hoybier. It was an incredible hit. And it's such a shame that, you know, in a game like that, where we want to forget it as quickly as we can, that it was actually a phenomenal goal from him. You know, not known for his goal scoring ability. What a hit. And, you know, he's one of the players that I will say that when Spurs do go behind or are losing a game, um, he doesn't go hiding. He still wants the ball. He still wants to make things happen. And you could just see there was an eagerness from him, at least, to try and get Spurs back into this game with his goal. Yeah, absolutely. Been very, very impressed with uh, Pierre Mujorbier this season. And uh, as I said on this channel many times that... Um, you know, I think he's definitely a future captain at Tottenham. And, uh, you know, to you know, Tottenham did show a bit of character. You know, it was, what, two minutes later, um, you know, we got our goal. And it was then when you need to, you know, rally the troops and, and, and get that other goal and, and show the intent of, you know, what you want to happen in the game. But what a superb finish from him. You know, he, he created the chance himself. And um, of all the people to have scored, you know, a screamer like that, you, you would never have said him. But it was his first goal in almost two years. You know, you don't score many. Um, but... Yeah, um, he has impressed me all season and uh, always uh, been 
in a leader on the pitch. But it's just a pity that we didn't have, um, you know, many other leaders on the pitch tonight. Agree. I mean, coming around to you, Lee, it was his first goal for Spurs. And, you know, it was Wanyama-esque. It's just a shame, as I said to Chris there, that it's a goal that really, because of the nature of that result, um, it might be one talked about where really, if it was in a game that we won the game, you know, it would have got a lot more credit for it. It's a shame, isn't it? It's coming this kind of game, this kind of result. Yeah, like I said uh, earlier in the show, in the first half of the show, you know, he, he is he is an 8 out of 10 uh, most days. Uh, maybe he wasn't an 8 out of 10 tonight. Maybe it was a 7 because the team was poor, but he was still probably our best player on the pitch. I think he was the only guy that had heart and desire and determination, uh, which for, for, for me personally, that is, that is standard. That is bulk standard in every professional footballer. Um, you know, that's what you need to have that. And I think that he showed that. His goal was fantastic, obviously brilliant, but it was in vain. Um, you, you could even tell, even when he scored, the way that the team celebrated, it wasn't even a celebration. It was just kind of like, yeah, come on, let's get on with it. It was just the whole thing about it tonight. And Jamie said on the WhatsApp group before about, you know, the player's attitude, and he mentioned it tonight. And I totally agree with him, you know, on the on the attitude piece for the players. Tonight, from start to finish, I've said it. So I'm sorry, listeners. I'm really sorry. You probably just fed up of listening to me. But from start to finish, it was an utter shit show. And we, you know, the only good news, I'll tell you what, the only good news is that we had two passes more than what Liverpool did. That that you know, we won that little battle, that didn't we? Five eighty six to five eighty four. I mean, come on, because I know you lot love your passes. No, I mean seriously. The only good news is that we go again relatively quickly. We got, we got yeah. another game, didn't we, on Saturday night? I think. Yeah, but how many, um, how many more times can we keep uh, saying that this Saturday season? Aren't we we, 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 we say that a lot this season, don't we? That we've got another game, we've got another ch- a chance. But well, I don't, I don't we do, mean we do. Yeah. We, we, yeah, yeah, we do. But at least at least we can we can try and put that right relatively yeah. quickly. I mean, I've just been doing some. St- I know, I know, you you know, you guys and the listeners know. I love my stats. I've just been doing some of the stats. We are the we are the second defensive highest uh, defense in uh, in the Premier League, as I just talked about before. Um, we are the fifth highest goal scorers in the Premier League as well, right? So you know you know you're talking about thing. And if we if we end up winning our game in hand, then then ultimately we're, we're only a couple of points off of second place United. So oh. you know, it's, it is it is crazy. That's what, what I'm saying. It's, it's utterly season. crazy. And you talk about yeah. Brighton. I know we do a preview. Yes. You talk about Brighton. It's a tough place to go. Whatever words you just said before before the break. No, it ain't. It is not. They have not won at home all season. They've played ten games at home. They haven't got a win. Four four losses and six draws. Mm. I mean, it's just you know. And I, I, I'm sorry to bore you with stats, but I'm mapping out how many shots they've had at home on target. On average, Brighton yeah. in a home game have three shots on target. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So we've got to go there with the attitude to go and batter them. We have to. Lee, Lee, can I say that? Um, you know, we we all come out of these stats. We all we all try to make Tottenham, um, you know, seem a lot better than we are sometimes. You know, by giving all these stats. Um, but when you've got Liverpool visiting your home, you know, in such a huge game, why on earth are is every Tottenham player not up for it 110%? Why? I want to know what Jose said, Chris. I want to know what Jose said, because for me, it's from Jose tonight. I want to know what he said to him. Yeah, but he you, went, go, go but, out there, low block, don't give away anything, start quick, get a goal. If you know, People will be saying, oh, if that song goal it wasn't offside, then, you know, we'd have been in the game. We were but shocking. As a player, Absolutely as a player, shocking tonight. As a player, when you're going into, you know, big derbies or you're going into playing the best that there possibly is, you know, Premier League champions, why are you not giving 110% in that game? That is what I don't understand. We've seen this with many, um, you know, Tottenham sides in, in, in uh, you know, recent years. And, 
you know, when you think Jose Mourinho, serial winner, you know, we, we've said, you know, everything about him, you know, all these trophies that he's won. Why on earth are, are every Tottenham player not going into this game giving 100%? That's what I want to know. And that's what really, really disappoints me. And, you know, the lack of desire going into such an important game. that they weren't bought into it tonight, didn't it? Do you, do you know what I mean? There, I'm not saying there was definitely the a feeling room. where I do agree that at the moment, Lee, I, I do not, question whether yeah. everybody's behind the methods yeah. that the you manager's know. laying out. And again, we've we've seen recently, you know, Sissoko's comments and Hoybier's comments about, you know, when Spurs do go into like a defensive yeah. transition, you know, how they feel about it. But, you how know, do you think the players felt? Sorry to Rick to cut you yeah. to cut across you, but how do you think the players felt? And and again, I know they're teammates, so it won't be it won't be derogatory, and I don't mean it mm. to be derogatory. But how do you think the team the, the the players felt when they said, right, ego lads, here's the team. We're playing five at the back, and mm. we're playing Doherty at the left back. When you've got Ben Davis tucked in, why didn't you play Ben Davis as left back and put Doherty the right of the three centre backs? I mean, that would have been that would have been much more well, that would have been much more logical, see, wouldn't this it? This is this is the thing, isn't it? As fans, we've got this observation. Obviously, we're not privy to what is. No, we're obviously, not. We're not. You know, but I mean, I, I they've been working on a week. What have they done since? I, 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 all I would say, I think Ben Davis on? was an injury doubt going into this game. So, but, we, but, ben, but you, you were not put. You were not put Doherty as a central defender. I mean, that's just suicidal. I mean, he's bad enough in his actual position. Well, I'm not sure what he is at the moment. I'll be honest. It's it's just not worked out for Doherty. Ben Davis. I mean, Ben Davis for me is a logical one. I think that it kind of he he offers something. Bit different. He's obviously mm. been there for Wales and he's had success. He's kind of more of a mobile central defender. No, that's not my point, though, Jamie. I do see what you're saying. That's not my point. My point being is you've only got one recognised left back in the squad because Reg- Reggie's injured. Mm. So why would you play a right back as a left back when you've got others? You had Toby Alderweireld on the bench. Why don't you yeah. just play Toby and Ron uh, Roden and and Dyer at the back and then play Ben Davis as a left wing back? Why wouldn't you yeah, play could- that? Can I ask you your three, um, you know, your your three opinion? Who is the best centre back at Tottenham? Toby Alderweireld. Well, I think Toby would what was or Joe is. Joe Roden. So, so we we all agree. Do you do you agree on no, Toby? No, Joe Roden. Roden. No, okay. I, I, I think I think that again, it's, it comes down to the whole Yamatongan argument where we all thought, oh yeah, why is why is he being left out the team, and then we all of a sudden realise. But it's because he's fallen off a cliff. You think he's declined that much, Jay? You think out of RL's declined that much now? That, well, that's yeah, I mean, look, look at his performance against Wickham. He got absolutely spun for the for the, for their goal, uh, and he showed signs. And, and and you know, there isn't a reason that he's just been. There must be a reason that he's just been dropped. You know, there there is. I can't see that it's like a, him misbehaving or something. It must be a lack of quality or something. Yeah, I don't well, see. You know, I, I want to talk about. You know, we are going to talk about the third goal. Just before that, you know, Salah fired home deflective shot. It went to VAR. We saw the referee, you know, consult it. In the end, for Spurs, is I say, it, it, in the end, got ruled out because it was deemed to be a handball in the build-up to it. But then Liverpool did eventually go three-one up. Jam, we'll come to you because I know you've been very defiant on Joe Roden. You know, so far on the show, and it was probably, you know, we'll say for Joe Roden, he was probably up to this point Spurs' man of the match because he made a great challenge in the first half. I do felt he made, you know, a good effort on the night in terms of dealing with the physicality of Liverpool's forwards. But, you know, as much as we saw Mourinho shout encouragement to the young Welshman after that error he made, you still feel for you, Jay, he's got a massive future at Tottenham, very promising. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I mean, again, he's 23 years old, he's kind of been thrust into. Uh, a huge game. I mean, let's not forget as well, it's only, what, his second or third start in the Premier League. He's not made a lot of starts. So, you know, he's still kind of getting used to it. And he's kind of been brought into a game where he's got players around him who just are not good enough. And um, as again, it comes back down to the fact there is no leader in that back line. There's no guy that's kind of 
um, really making orders. I mean, one thing that I've liked about Joe Rogan, you really see, is that he's a guy that does seem to be really commanding. And obviously he's seen there, there, there is an issue there. There's no one that wants to kind of command that back line. So I, I feel really sorry for him in terms of he was thrown into a middle of kind of a bit of a storm with, with players like Eric Dyer and Ben Davies and Doherty back there trying to defend, Serge Aurea back there trying to defend, because unfortunately they're all just not good enough at the moment. The problem is the problem is on this, Chris. Coming to you, if Jamie like Jamie thinks Roden is the future, you know you've got to have someone next to him that is going to offer him guidance, leadership, support. And I just wonder if Eric Dyer is that man. Is Roden going to really develop as a you know a real top centre back? And Jamie's shaking his head. I'm sure Lee's got his thoughts on that as well. I'm going to ask him in a second. But for you, Chris, you know. Is Roden going to develop here without really having, as we've said already on this show, a real transformative top centre back next to him that's going to really, really push his game on? Because I think at the moment there's still far too many areas, as we've seen, being made centrally at the moment. We're saying that Ardaveros not good enough. Tanganga, you know, he's injury prone as well at the moment. You know, Dyer, no, just on Dyer, you know, he did deny some of a good inception through the first half, but you know. He does so many good things, but also makes some decisions that just undo a lot of his good work. I mean, at the moment, people will probably feel that, you know, the Portuguese link with him and Mourinho is one of the key reasons as to why he's being picked. Is there anything apart from him shouting very, very loudly that gets him into this team? Well, three out of the four of us think that Toby Alderweireld is the best defender at Tottenham, right? And I think that if you if you run a poll, I think that the majority... Um, more than 50% would say that Toby Alderweireld is probably the best defender at Spurs. When you're playing in huge games like this against the champions, I I was very surprised that Toby Alderweireld was on the bench tonight, I must say. Um, Joe Roden, I completely agree with Jamie. I think he is one for the future. Um, from what I've seen of him so far, I've been very impressed with him. I know he made the mistake for um, for the third goal tonight. You know, very unlucky. Um, you know, it's just down to experience and inexperience. Um, but... You know, to answer your question, Rick, I think that, you know, Joe Rodin is going to struggle to, you know, learn off anybody at the moment at Tottenham because the defence is changing all of the time. And I think that when you're challenging, you know, if Tottenham uh, were thinking about challenging for the Premier League or even the top four, you need a a defence that is stable. You need a defence that, um, you know, is the same week in, week out. You know, when you look at great sides that have won Premier League and you look at great sides that have uh, finished in top four and, and, and won trophies, you know, they've had the, the, the back four or five as the same, virtually the same players, you know, week in, week out. And we're swapping and changing. Um, Jose, I don't think, knows who, who the best players are and who, the, who, who are not. And I think it's very, very frustrating. You know, we're not going to go out and spend any money in this January transfer window. He's already said that. Uh, whether we'll do it in the summer. Um, but it's very difficult. You know, Joe Roden, you know, will he play the next game? Will Toby come in for the next game? You know, it's all going to be swap and change again. And and, and, and I think this is going to, you know, this is going to be the problem. But, you know, for me and my opinion, I, I would have thought that Toby would have played tonight. And, and, I, and I do think that he is the best defender at the club. Yes, he's made mistakes. Yes, he's lost a yard of pace. But I still think he's the best defender there. Lee, your thoughts on that very quickly. You know, the, the manner, as you said, the third goal, you know, Roden, to be fair to him, I think overall he had a decent performance. You know, again, we've got this concern where he's not going to be better, is he, in the future with what he's got around him? This is the biggest concern at the moment. Well, I agree with Jamie that Joe Roden is, uh, he played all right tonight. But yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not letting him off the hook. No, it's no. It's a horrific it's a, it's a, mistake. It's a mistake. It's, it's a, a mistake. fucking long ball into the box yeah. and he couldn't defend it. Mm. At the end of the day, I don't give a toss if he's 23 or 33. He couldn't defend the ball. And all he had to do was defend. He lost the flight of the ball. That's what mm. happens 
when I play and I'm absolutely useless. All I would so say I'm not defending that, him on that, but is he a good player? Yeah, I think he's I think he's a good player. The best defender, centre back at the at the football club is Toby Alderweireld. 100%. And you know, he didn't he he can't hit the ball. He probably would have got caught for that goal because he yeah. can't hit the ball. I think the, the the key point is have we got we, we went for Scrinoir, heavily linked. I know you boys, Jamie and Ricky, you're all over the transfers. Heavily, heavily linked with Scrinoir. And we should have, uh, we should have, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah. But we should have paid the 27 million or whatever it was, mm. or 37 million. I might, I might get my 10 millions wrong here, um, to, to get him because he's playing every week now for Inter Milan and, 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 and he's, a, he's a rock. Yeah. And, and actually, you know, you look at that, you look at Liverpool. And you say to them, you know, look at their centre-backs. They had Henderson and a 17-year-old or whatever playing with them tonight. I mean, a matter, you know. So, you know, and, and then I've just said to you before, let's not be, all, you know, it's, it's, either, it's either full or it's empty. We've got the second best defensive record in the Premier League. So if our defence is that bad, how have we got the second best defensive record in the Premier League? Beyond right, that, it was exactly. awful. But, yeah. you know, it hasn't been awful mm. the whole season. How many times are we making errors, though? I yeah. mean, you know, all this, I mean, the stats, I mean, then you, but, they suggest that the stats align then. But I do, I do think that's the reason why we are up there in terms of, you know, having the best defence in the league is purely because we play such a defensive game. We, set, yeah, exactly, we, we, exactly. we sit Hoybier and Sissoko behind the centre of defence, which means that it is harder for teams yeah, to break yeah. us down. But if you look at the goals we've conceded, they're all individual errors. We're relying... They're, all from set pieces, aren't they, Jay? Yeah, I mean, I'm, mostly, I'm set, it? mostly set pieces, wasn't it? I think we yeah. did it the other week, wasn't it? Twelve. I yeah. think we conceded twelve goals. To, yeah. Don't, I'm not. I am not defending now. No, 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 no. I, I can't yeah. defend it. There's no. Yeah. There's no defence in the defence. Yeah. Um, are you We're, keeping up here, listeners? By the way. But what I'm saying is, and and it was all individual errors for, for sure. But what I'm saying is, is that you know the the you know the table doesn't lie, and we've got the second best defensive record in the Premier League. Mm. But we're that sick. Yeah, but I think I think that I think Ricky's. I think I totally agree with Ricky. I think that we do. We we are up there because we rely on the defence. We play to our weaknesses at yeah. the moment, which is the defence. And because we sit so deep, we are going to concede less goals. I think. Well, who was it? I, you know, I can't remember which team it was. It was one of the teams near the bottom that that set up very defensively. It might. I can't can't remember off the top of my head who it was. But they're Probably right. Newcastle. One of the, yeah, one of the one of the poor teams right in the bottom. They've conceded very few goals, but that's because they set up like that. So it is obviously going to be hard to concede. Well, I tell you, if you like, you said, James, yeah, then, yeah, then you then have to look at the type of mm. goals that we're conceding and realizing that they're all because of errors, and we're rely because we're always relying on that. It just yeah, and just it just comes. All I would say, you take Hoybier and Sissoko out of that midfield, you know, out of the midfield, the goals we'd be conceding even more would be just horrendous. It really would be. But in terms of trying to change the game, he did bring on Harry Winks, Eric Lamella. To be fair to Winks, he came on, didn't change much of the flow of the game. Lamella came on, tried to up the tempo. But again, with Lamella, as we've said, all throughout his Spurs career, his decision-making in the final third wasn't great. I mean, Sonny, you know, all scoring in three minutes with his VR being ruled for offside, had another cut of chances. A real tough night for him. He had little service after he moved up front, after we lost Kane. I just wonder, boys, you know, looking ahead now, moving forward, if we're going to be without Kane for a spell, which looks like a possibility, how concerning is that? Because again, that's a lack of a supply line to Son. You do wonder, you know, are we going to give an opportunity here, coming to you, Lee? You know, is Bale going to get minutes? Is Vinicius going to get minutes if we haven't got Harry Kane available to give Son that supply for goals? Well, I think I think it was a little bit telling tonight when Kane um, come off at half time that Vinicius didn't come on straight away or Bale. Um, but I tell you what's going to be very telling is against Brighton. 
because if he doesn't start our recognised striker um, in uh, in attack, then what's the point in Carlos Vinicius being at the club? Um, we're playing Brighton, um, who, uh, who, like I said earlier, haven't won a game at home all season. Um, and Carlos Vinicius, for me personally, has shown some good qualities, right? He's, 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 he's scored goals. He's got assists in every time he's, 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 he's been given a game, not in Premier League. He doesn't have enough minutes. I think he's played, what, 30 minutes or something? 28 minutes or whatever in the Premier League. So it'd be very telling. And also the same with Bale. I think Chris hit the nail on the head with Bale, or, or all of us did earlier. You know, it's, it's time to step up. Uh, Chris mentioned earlier when Hummin uh, Son and Harry Kane last season was injured, who stepped up? Shall I tell you who it was? Deli Alley. Where's he? He's been he's been extradited, hasn't he? Deli Alley. Well, he's, he's totally just, out of the set. He's not even not, not even, even training. Inside. Yeah, not, not even training. squad. Yeah, not even training at the moment. So you know, this this is the problems that that we've got to to face. Yep. I'm actually perversely quite looking forward to seeing how Tottenham will set up without Harry Kane because you know I'm. He's, he's absolutely outstanding. I think Jason on the last show voted him as the man of the season so far for, for, for Tottenham. Um, and, you know, probably rightly so. He's been absolutely superb. And to lose him is going to be a blow. And it would be a blow to anybody, uh, you know, to, to lose a, a Kevin De Bruyne, a Sergio Aguero, you know, Mo Salah, whatever it might be for, for you know, Jamie Vardy, how Leicester have just lost him for yep. a couple of weeks. But I'll be intrigued to see what he does, Rick, because if he doesn't play Vinicius, lads, listeners, where do we go from there? Surely this is the same scenario as Lorente, isn't it? Not playing Lorente when Kane was injured and playing like a false nine. Yeah. What, what do you guys think? Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go for a very quick break, our final break of the show. When we come back, we are going to get into Brighton and try and hope and think and see if Spurs can try and get the Premier League season back on track. So not go anywhere. We're back after our final break of the show. Okay, Pierre, magnificent goal, but a tough night all in all. Yes. Yes, of course. I think uh, I think the, 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 the way we wanted to approach the game, the way we approached the game, I think was a positive way. Uh, we had our moments defending a bit deeper doing the counter-attacks, we had our moments playing a bit higher, moving the ball from side to side, uh, getting the areas where we can hurt them. I think first half we did 44 minutes quite, quite well. But when you play against a team like Liverpool and you, you, you are a half step too late or mistaken, you, you get punished. Uh, and again, we want to be among the best, and today we played maybe against the best, or some of the best. And when you do mistakes, you get punished. Um, yeah, to, to go to half-time, 0-0, zero, zero, I think second half is, is, is different. You don't have to catch the game, you don't always have to come from behind. And, and they also have to, yeah. yeah. This team, our team, has put together runs. Pierre, and I've heard you speaking in other interviews. We, we just start. I know it's a cliche, but we do. We just start again at Brighton now, don't we? Start again and put another run together. Yes, but this is nothing new, and it's not the first time I say it, or or, or players say it, or, or coaches say it. When you play for a big club like this in this big stadium with the players we have in the dressing room, with the coach and the coaching staff, we 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 want to be among the best. And if you want to be among the best. There's only one thing to do, and that is to pick yourself up and show a reaction. Sometimes the result is, of course, not what you want. But most important is also when you win, 
it's the next one. And now, more than ever, or as always, not more than ever, as always, it's the next one. It's the next training session, it's the next game, and after that it's the next game. And in the end, that will make the difference, because uh, the one who has the consistency and persistency, I think, are the one who will end the, the year on top. Jose, disappointing night. Yes. I believe a very good, solid performance in the first half with two mistakes, one in the first minute, one in the last minute. Um, the mistake in the last minute uh, took us to half-time with 1-0, and then at half-time we lose Harry, and so we come to the second half with good ambition and good determination. Again, uh, defensive mistake brings a 2-0. Good spirit, good reaction. Um, was Pierre go could be another guy, but Pierre, I think, reflects the spirit of of the team. And again, when you are uh, dominating, when you are in the opposition half, another mistake. Uh, unfortunately, from in this case, from a boy that for me played so so well, so so well, Joe played so so well. And again, we were punished by our, our own mistakes. Yes. It's games like this. These are the ones where they're tough to take, aren't they? When, when it's been mistakes and we've played well, but it's mistakes. I know. Everything went uh, wrong in the in the first half. Uh, we shouldn't go losing at half time. Not at all. Not at all. I think we were uh, really good and solid and confident in in the first half. So to go one nil down, not easy. To lose Harry, not easy. To come in the second half, first minute, another defensive mistake and 2-0 uh, is very difficult to resist. Even mentally, it's very difficult to resist. But I praise the guys that stayed on on the pitch until the end because uh, until the end they they tried. Just need to ask you about Harry. Any news at all? No, two ankles, uh, not one, two. Um, he was coping with uh, one. He couldn't cope with with both. Uh, so clearly. Um, he's a guy with with great spirit, with good sacrifice. So, for Harry to say no chance to come for the second half, we know that is not a simple one. I need to quickly ask you against Brighton as we go there next on Sunday. Tricky game. What I guess we've got to bounce back. I know every game is tricky. Um, the first can lose at home against the bottom of the league, like it happened yesterday. Um, when we went to, to Sheffield, I told exactly that. Don't look at them as the bottom of the table because uh, any team can beat any any team. Uh, but to win football matches, you cannot make mistakes like we made today, tonight. My name is Charlie Haffenden and I'm a Brighton podcaster. And for Brighton, well, it's another huge game at the weekend. And for our opponents, Tottenham as well, it is a huge game. As you guys will know, you're in the top six at the moment. You're pushing for a top four place. You might even still be in that title race. Man City have been absolutely incredible recently, but they could drop off. And if you guys can pick up a good run of form, who knows what can happen? Teams in and around you, the likes of Man United, Leicester, Liverpool have all dropped points in the last week or so. So any points that you guys can pick up, 
you will want to get. And you'll probably see Bryson away on paper as a must-win if you want any chance of winning the title this season. So looking at Bryson at home, obviously my team, I think we've not been good enough. And it's not just me thinking that. It is a fact. In the whole of 2020 in the Premier League at the Amex, Bryson won just one Premier League game, which is absolutely insane. That game was actually against Arsenal, your North London rivals, which you guys might quite like to share on Twitter if you'd like. But we haven't been good enough whatsoever. And in 2021, we haven't exactly started much better. We're yet to win there this year either. We did beat Blackpool in the FA Cup, but we haven't got any Premier League wins there since, I think it was June, when we beat Arsenal 2-1 in the last minute through Neil Mope. So it has been a massive struggle. Away from home, we've been okay. We just beat Leeds 1-0 a couple of weeks ago. Uh, On home soil, again against Fulham, we drew 0-0. We drew 0-0 away to them as well a couple of months ago. We are struggling down the bottom the table. As I record this, we're on 18 points after 20 games. Fulham are on 13 after 19, so they've got a game in hand on us. Their game in hand is against West Brom, and obviously we're facing up against Tottenham. So, how are we likely to line up? So, Graham Potter, he does like to play a back three, and it's quite rare that we see a back four anymore, to be honest. He has wing backs either side. Solly March takes that left wing back spot. He's been ever-present pretty much this season. He likes to take on players on the left, get on the overlap. And another player who's been extremely important has been a right wing back and that's Tarek Lamptey he's been electric to be honest and he's not far off an England cap I imagine he's been that good he's had likes of Bayern Munich interested in Arsenal Chelsea Man United I wouldn't even be surprised if you guys put in a bid for him but unfortunately for us he is unavailable for this one he's had a hamstring strain for quite a while now and he won't get back in time another player who won't be fit is Danny Welbeck another player who used to play uh, in North London he played for Arsenal obviously as you guys will know also played for Man United an ex-England national he would have been great to have because we're not going to get many chances and he is a player who is very clinical and he has showed that with his experience he would likely get a goal on the counter-attack for us but he's unavailable and a third player who will not be available is uh, Alireza Yahambash he's not played much this season so he's not a big miss but uh, yeah that is all of the team news for Albion how might we tactically set up well against Leeds and Manchester City what we did was we sat back a little bit We didn't park the bus, but you'd expect against two teams that are very attacking, we'd sit back slightly and be a bit deeper. You'll notice likely against you guys as well, we'll play a back three most likely. We'll probably have Adam Webster and Ben White alongside Lewis Dunk. If not, Dan Byrne might fill in. But say go for that first one, you'll probably have Lewis Dunk sitting in the middle. He'll drop back slightly. Solly March and Joel Veltman at the wing backs, they'll push back into a five almost when you guys are on the attack. And they'll sweep in behind. And what we'll have is we'll have Ben White or Dan Byrne if he's playing. And we'll also have Adam Webster pushing into that midfield. And they'll press the space and they'll try and win the ball back for the team. And when they do have the ball... Solly March and Joel Veltman will dart up the pitch and Adam Webster and Ben White will be the ones to bring it into that midfield and they play a lot of forward passes and that's where the majority of our attacks come from. So from that you can tell it's going to be a big midfield battle. Hoiberg has been fantastic for you this season. Undombele is coming into his own. We've got those defenders who push up into the midfield, especially Ben White. But we've also got, and a man you're probably uh, surprised I haven't spoken about yet, is Eve Basuma. He's back. He had a suspension, so he was unable to play against Manchester City. But he played against Leeds off the bench. He played against Fulham. And wow, what a player he is. He won't be at the Albion much longer. I'm enjoying every single moment he is having in an Albion shirt. He scored an absolute screamer against Blackpool in the Cup, as you guys probably would have seen. The goal of the weekend. And he will be key in that battle. He drives the ball forward. He wins the ball back. 
he intercepts, he tackles, he does absolutely everything, and he can score an absolute belter from range. So he's another threat for us, and well, in attack, it's quite difficult actually to guess who we might play with. Trossard hasn't been hitting fine form recently, he's not been great, so I can see him being dropped. Aaron Connolly, he might get a start off the bench because... He's been injured recently. He's just come back in. Neil Mope, our top scorer, he'll likely start as well. Um, but with all of that said, looking at a score prediction for the game, I think you guys will probably win this one. I can see you guys getting a one or two goal lead at half time. And when we're in that position, we really struggle. Sometimes we get a goal back. We did it against Wolves. But against the Jose Mourinho side, where he'll be so resilient in that defence and he'll be shouting into those lads to defend as well as possible, and with how we haven't been converting enough chances, I think he will take this one away. We might get a goal back, but I see it being 2-1 or 3-1 Spurs, and what I'm going to lock in is a 3-1 Spurs victory. Best of luck at the weekend, guys, and also best of luck until the end of the season. Take care. Trying to second guess Graham Potter's starting lineup is a pretty futile exercise, to be honest with you. Um, this season we've seen some pretty mad cap selections. We played Liverpool at home and named three out and out strikers, and that was I think two or three weeks after we'd played West Brom at home, who we named five centre backs against. So it's just it's almost like he has this roulette wheel and he spins it and um, whoever comes out plays there. I mean, we've seen Pascal Gross, the slowest player in the world at right back. Leandro Trossard, a, a five foot four tricky winners led the line as a, as a lone striker. It's just, it's mad. So I don't try and predict the lineup because it's pretty much impossible. You've got more chance of guessing the lottery and numbers correct. As for formation that will be 3-4-3 three, three, the same way we, we've played all season uh, tactics we've actually adjusted our tactics a little bit in recent weeks at the start of the season we were playing with the aim to you know dominate games have as much possession as possible and that was sort of a little bit detrimental to what was happening in the final third in that we were getting to the edge of the box stroking it sideways and just you know, not scoring enough goals. In recent weeks, Potter's got rid of this possession obsession of his and we've become a little bit more direct, not in terms of, you know, a Neil Warnock long ball team, but in terms of how many passes it takes us to get into a shooting position. So, for example, against Fulham on Wednesday night, we every 24 passes, we were having a shot on the Fulham goal. And that's made a head of a lot of difference because... Although we aren't dominating possession anymore, our results are much, much better. We've only won six games since the start of 2020, which is a, a pretty pathetic record. And it's quite telling that in five of those, we've had less possession than the opposition. Which is why I think playing Spurs will, will play into our hands a bit, because we'd expect you know a good side to come and want to take the game to us. And we look more dangerous when we're on the counter-attack rather than rather than when we have to force the issue, like against Fulham, for example, even though we did only record 49% possession against them. I think the, the biggest example of what we can do when we don't have the ball is that we went to Leeds, and obviously they are, you know, according to the media and, and Sky and everyone, they're the, the best thing that's happened to the Premier League since sliced bread because of this attacking football they play. But that played right into our hands. They came at us and we were able to... I soak up the pressure, use the ball well, get forward, and we beat them 1-0, which is one of only three victories this season. 
So I think you can expect to see a slightly different Brighton to the one who who came to the to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in November and you know try to dictate the game, which not many teams will come to to Spurs and do. As for my prediction, um, it's at the Amex, which is bad news for Brighton because we've only won one home game since the start of 2020. Uh, haven't won at home for 14 Premier League matches now. Last time we beat was Arsenal 2-1 back in June. So playing at home is a real, real problem. Um, having said that, you know, like I said, we are better against the better sides. We've drawn with Liverpool at home. We should have had a draw with Manchester United until they somehow managed to get a 97th minute penalty after the final whistle had blown. And when we played Chelsea, we were unlucky to, to go down 3-1. There was a, a penalty um, which came about because we gave the ball away and a heavily deflected goal. And without those two, we pick up a point. So against the, the bigger size in the league, we are tending to, to do better. So if Brighton can find a way to score, which has been our main problem this season, then I think we can take a one-all draw, which would be a, a big result for us, bearing in mind you know, any point at the minute is good because of how many teams are sort of potentially we can drag into the relegation battle with Newcastle and Palace just above us. Hello and welcome back to the final part of a difficult last word on Spurs, I think, to be fair. Like I say, recording like this straight after a game, and um, when it doesn't go your way, really does take the stuffing out of you. I think the boys here will agree it's been a real difficult night to try and process and review what was such a disappointing performance from really the manager's tactics down to the players' performances. But like Lee says, we have got a game fairly quickly to bounce back. We've got Brighton to come at the weekend. I mean, listen, it's a game where, listen, Spurs being Spurs, you would expect Spurs to win. But Brighton away, as we've seen, you know, in other seasons under Pochettino, his last one at Tottenham, this is not an easy venue. It's never an easy game. I know, Chris, we always throw out that, you know, that line, tough places to go. This shouldn't be a place which is tough to go. With the quality Spurs have got, even minus Harry Kane, there should be enough in this squad to go and get a result. So why am I not feeling confident, Chris? Because you support Spurs. That's why. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> all, all of these games should be, um, mm. you know, routine wins for Tottenham. You know, Brighton away, you think that, um, you know, Tottenham have more than enough quality. I'll say that on, on this podcast, every time I'm on it, Tottenham have more than enough quality to win the match. And, uh, you know, Brighton is no exception. You know, um, we should be winning that game very comfortably. And I know Lee said about uh, Gareth Bale and Carlos Vinicius. I think that the big thing here is that Jose Mourinho obviously don't trust them um, because Carlos Vinicius hasn't even played the equivalent of one Premier League match all season. Gareth Bale, you know, he gets uh, very few minutes. So you've got to unleash these two. You, you know, if they're going to be part of your squad and they're going to help Tottenham Hotspur Football Club until the end of the season, they need to start stepping up. And some of these players, um, you know, there, there have been some standout players like Pierre-Emil Hoybier, Harry Kane, Hunmin Son. Um, you know, some of the others, they need to start stepping up. And, you, you know, we've said many times that Europa League and uh, the League Cup games, you know, that's, that's the, the time to take your opportunities but they've got to start taking it in Premier League football. When you get Premier League minutes, you've got to start taking it. And, uh, you know, Carlos Vinicius should be banging on Jose Mourinho's door for the next couple of days and saying, I want to play in that Brighton game. You know, trust me. You know, I want to be, I want to be a part of it. And Gareth Bale should be doing the same. And, you know, I must say that when Gareth Bale come on, you think, you know, and even put in a WhatsApp group, you know, he needs to step up now. He needs to start, you know, firing and, and, and having that spark about him. 
And the only thing I remember about him tonight is uh, with his left foot and uh, he puts a ball in and it goes over to the corner flag and goes out for a goal kick. And I'm thinking, that's a player who's been sitting on the bench yeah. looking at the game. That was woeful, no. wasn't it? Wasn't it, Chris? That was woeful. No, I, mean, I, mean, I just thought, man alive. You know, I, I'll go back to um, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer when he was a substitute at Manchester United. The reason why he was such a good sub and he'd always come on and score a goal is because he would be a sub looking at the game. Yep, no, yep. Totally knowing good. how and to where to be yeah. Yeah. And, and seeing the weaknesses from the opposition. Mm. Where was that tonight? No. You know, it was, it was just it was just nothing. So, you know, going into the Brighton game, I'm, I'm like you, Rick. Uh, you know, for someone who, I know during these COVID times, obviously not, but for someone that normally goes to every game, yep. I would never, ever leave my house. And I said this before, I'd never, ever leave my house if, if I thought that Spurs were going to lose the game because I think it'd be an absolute waste of time. Of course, and I, of course. Yes. I, I, I always try and be positive about the club, but... Mm. You know, after tonight's performance, again, we use that word, reaction. We need the reaction again. You know, we need to start climbing up that league. When you look at the league table and you see the likes of West Ham United ahead of us, you just think, that is a joke. Yeah, we've got crazy. a game in hand, mate. We'll be all right. We've got a game in hand. Well, I mean, this is the funny thing. We keep saying <laughs> we've got games in hand, but you've got to win those games in hand. I mean, Lee, coming to you, Brighton, you know, they've played 20 games at 1-3, drawn nine. They've lost here. They've lost eight games here. I mean, and they're... Minus seven, 18 points so far. I mean, again, you look at it and think, you know, Brighton, this should be a game where Spurs go there, they roll them over. But with Spurs, as we've seen this season, in the Premier League especially, so hard to predict what Tottenham turn up. And I just wonder, you know, for Bow to come into the side, that probably means Bergvine goes out. He didn't have a great game, to be fair. Again, I think with Bergvine, what I will say about him, because I've been fairly critical and I have been on this season. I feel like I've defended him against Liverpool, you know, in the reverse fixture. I feel like with Bergvine... He's having to do a lot more of a disciplined job and it's actually restricting. And I said it before, you know, the shackles that are put on him now, we're not seeing the Bergvine that scored that electric goal against uh, Man City, that electric goal against Manchester United. He's having to do a very different job. So what changes would you be looking to make for this game at the weekend? I think you make an interesting point on Bergvine because, um, you know, I, I think that the, the way that we're shackled or and that's why I said it's on Jose tonight, because the way that we've been setting up and the way that Jamie was talking earlier and, and, and I agree with him about, you know, defensively and whatever, um, it, it's sucking the life out of all the players. Are you with me? It's like it's uh, sucking the it's sucking the enthusiasm out of them almost. Um, and, you know, I think that's happening with, with Bergvine. I think that I can you know, we go again. I, I think that, we keep getting away with one. I think the top four is definitely still, still, uh, you know, right in the mixer. You know, we're only a point behind Liverpool for if we do win the game. And then we're only a point behind Liverpool. So, you know, it can't be all doom and gloom, although we are, uh, you know, we are uh, shocking from tonight. But Brighton haven't won a game at home all season. Uh, my sister is a season ticket holder at Brighton. So I know the club pretty well. Good, good outfit up there and all that sort of stuff. I know you lot are laughing because I mention it every time we play Brighton, but it's true. Um, but uh, look, I mean, I think we've got to go there. And I think what I'm going to say this again as well, and I've said it before. So listeners just switch me off, man, because you must be bored. But maybe this is the sliding doors moment. Maybe this is the bit that we go, do you know what? Actually, let's change to take the shackles off. But I just, I can see all, your, all of you nodding your heads and you know that it's not going to change. But go Brighton, get on the front foot, score, go again, go again, you know, get a good win. And, you know, and we start to rebuild from there. I think that's all we can do. That's all we can do. And I, I Honestly, not a, there is not a chance that we'll play on the front foot, unfortunately. Again, I just think, you know, 
you know, we say it's a tough place to go, but it's only a tough place to go if, if you make it that way. And unfortunately, at the moment, we continue to keep playing to our weaknesses, which is setting up with relying on the defence too much. And again, as I said, you know, we, we don't concede that many goals because we are setting up as the way we are. But then we are starting to then concede goals and we're starting to lose games and not get the results because we're relying on the defence, which is then making mistakes because we're putting so much pressure on them. So, again, I don't want to, you know, we, it just has to change. It has to change again. I mean, for me, I'm not really that bothered about the game at Brighton because for me, I've kind of given up on our league ambitions. I've seen what we're like. We don't, or clearly don't have those sort of ambitions in the league. I, again, I think I only keep positive because I think we'll win a cup this year. How sad is that? You know, you look at the investment made in the summer, is, you know, regular, Hoybier, you know, I mean, Doherty, I don't quite know what's happened there with that guy. Oh. I just, it's such a shame. You know, he's a guy that was up there as one of the best right backs um, in the Premier League. And I just don't think we can all understand why it just hasn't worked out. I know initially there was a change in his position. And you think over time, you know, you think, you know, he would adapt. He would get to know the players. Uh, Bale, I mean, I don't think anyone in their wildest dreams, although we might have said, you know, Bale, it might take some time for him to come back. I think if anyone would have said he would have had been allocated this amount of minutes so far, you would have laughed. I think you would have laughed. I think all of us would have expected, you know, to have been given some time to actually, you know, evolve, adapt in this team. It hasn't quite happened. But you wonder, you know, is Bell going to actually improve without the lack of minutes? But then there's that other argument to say, like Mourinho has said as well, you know, he's got to show me more in training. You know, difficult to know what's going to happen there, isn't it, with that one? So difficult to know. Yeah, and I, again, and I think the other the other concern as well is, you know, when we've got the attacking talents that we do, when you've got, you know, Harry Kane and Hume Song combining to break records of, um, who is it, Chris uh, Chris Sutton and, um, oh, I've got an Alan Shearer, but I nearly forgot the name there. Um, you know, it's, it's embarrassing that we, um, <laughs> it's embarrassing that we can't go and, you know, that we, we've got these strengths as well. You know, I say we've got the weaknesses in terms of the defence, but then you've got such brilliant strengths and you just kind of don't play to them. So, Again, that's another very frustrating one. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Okay. Should we get predictions out of the way? Should we try and muster up some kind of predictions ahead of this one? I'm gonna. I'm gonna say after how negative I've been, um, I do think we will beat Brighton. I do. I don't think it'll be you know a, a, a really great result. I don't think we you know we'll go there and absolutely obliterate them. I'm probably gonna say Spurs will nick it two one. That's just a gut feeling. I think the season, like Lee has said, it's been so up and down where our form in the Premier League, really, over the last couple of months, since we've been progressing in the Cups, in the Europa League, you know, the form has turned off in the Premier League dramatically. Yeah, I'm going to say 2-1 Tottenham. I mean, Chris, what do you think? Can you, what, give us I, love, I, I love it how you say you're going to be confident and you say we're going to nick it 2-1. Well, I just, I just don't know. The, the problem is, I don't know our best... We don't know our best 11 at the moment. That's very clear. Um, we know... You know, we know roughly how Jose is going to set up the team. It's not going to be dynamic. It's not going to be attacking. It's going to be, again, a job we're going to sit back. We're going to invite pressure on, look to hit them on the break. I just wonder, you know, I'll be interested, like Lee says, with Kane not available now, does mm. that change our way of system to play? Will Vinicius get his chance? You know, will we see Bale maybe given a chance? Jamie's shaking well, his so. you know, Do you know what, Rick? Uh, what, what must all of the Tottenham Hotspur players think like tonight? Because when that team come out and... We're all saying about we think that Toby's the best defender at the club. If Toby's not playing, and then you're going to go into the Brighton game, if Toby's not playing, and yeah. then you haven't got Harry Kane playing either, so you haven't got your best striker at the club playing, and you haven't got your best defender playing, you know, you're hardly going to feel very confident going into these games, are you? So, uh, do you know what? I'm going, to, I'm going to agree with you. I think that it'll be 1-1, and then I think that we may nick it. 
Isn't it? Yeah, there you go. Nick and against the 17th team in the Premier League. Lee, come around to you. Oh. What do you reckon? I mean, I'm very positive about this one. I think we'll win 3-1. Um, I, I think that the way Brighton play, um, the way Brighton play is they like to play, get out. You know, they don't, you know, they don't sit back. They don't do a low block like what we do. So they like to come out and play, which will give us some space. They haven't, unfortunately for them, they haven't got the quality of some of the other teams that we've played uh, in the four losses that we've had so far in the league, which represents 20% um, of the games that we've played. Um, so the games that we have lost, um, you know, we've lost twice against, uh, you know, the champions in, in, them, in them four that we've lost. So I don't think they possess the quality of, of some of the teams that we've lost to so far. Um, and I think that because of the way they set up and they play, it will be more of an open game. Um, and I think we'll win 3-1. OK, Jamie, I've never seen you look so forlorn on the back of a result. I can see this one is really, really hurt. No, no, yeah. I mean, it, uh, it's not hurt. I mean, well, I say it's not hurt. Of course it's hurt. But, you know, it, it also doesn't surprise me. I said, I've been saying exactly the same for a couple of weeks now in terms of I, I've kind of given up on our Premier League ambitions. I've seen that we're not a side that's serious about the Premier League. We don't mm. set up in a way that's going to win matches. No. Um, we sap in a way that, that continue, we continue to keep doing the same thing week after week where we are playing to our weaknesses. Um mm. I really don't have any confidence going into this game, and I hate I hate being so negative because I, you know, usually I am positive, but I honestly I can't see us winning it. I cannot cannot see us winning it. I think we'll set up in the same manner. I think again, you know, there is a huge negativity around the whole team as well at the moment. So uh, I I think we'll lose. I think we'll lose two one. Blimey! I mean, I suppose at some point there will be a wider discussion to have in terms of the head coach. I mean, at the moment it's it's such a bizarre season where we are still in every single cup competition and you know we are still in you know in a point where we can make the top four but yet we all seem so negative and so frustrated by the style the way we're playing but Chris is kind of you know kind of showing me this kind of lift of a trophy but you know many will be asking and I understand this on this show you know we've done this show for the last four or five years is this all worth it for you know a league cup an FA cup is it all worth it just for that and again that's probably a question that will come up on wider shows this I just want to say again guys Thank you for listening. It's always difficult on the back of games like this. So I hope we have provided some form of therapy. We are, of course, going to be back after Brighton. Let me thank our wonderful panel, as always, to come on and try and give us some kind of some kind of therapy on the back of a really difficult result. Lee McQueen. Lee McQueen. Sorry, hey. sorry listeners. I, I just want to apologise in advance. <laughs> but what I hope that we've done tonight is just conveyed what everybody else is thinking. I know we didn't get to listeners' questions, as Rick said uh, to, today, but hopefully we've covered off everything that everybody's thinking. We wear our hearts on our sleeve. That's that's why yeah. we do the show, and we do it straight after the football match to, to showcase that emotion, and that, that's exactly what we've shown tonight. It was absolutely woeful. It was utterly ridiculous, but... But the positives are the next game is around the corner. We get a result and then we go again. And that's all we can do. You know, we, 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 we need to improve. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And there's some massive problems to fix. But, you know, we're, we're all Spurs at the end of the day. So, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we know, but, we know what we, we got ourselves into. I think, this is, yeah, I, I, th- I think that's such the point there. I mean, coming around to you, Chris, you know, a wider context discussion at some point we'll be having to have made on the manager. I think, you know, Although I say that, it's it's crazy that the season we're in and what we've what we're still in in terms of competitions. But you know, I think we have to remind ourselves. You know, we support Tottenham. Um, of course, you know, we always you want to support the manager you've got in charge. Um, but you want to make you want to feel that you know you're going in a direction. I remember Lee saying with Pochettino here. You know, 
barring that last season, you know, we actually had an identity. We knew what we were playing for. There was almost kind of a goal in mind as to what we're achieving. It feels at the moment, as we always said, Mourinho, there is this interim feeling where there is no longevity. There is no kind of thoughtful planning ahead as to what is going to be. You know, I think it says it all, doesn't it? Delhi Ali, for example, you know, it seems adamant that Spurs are only going to let Delhi go on a loan because they're not sure what the future's going to hold. And I think for Tottenham at the moment, there is that uncertainty, you know, in terms of what the future holds. So um, on the back of that, I Chris... Think, I was gonna, just, yeah. sorry, just, just to quickly on there, I think if, if everybody at the beginning of the season was offered, and this is a big if, right? And everybody, yeah. of course it is, but if everybody offered a Carabao Cup and a, uh, and a Europa League and finished fifth, we'd have all taken it. We'd have exactly, all taken exactly. that. Exactly. Not, or, or even if it's, it's a finished fourth. What, whatever the, the it is to get into the Champions League. Whatever it is to get yeah, into yeah, the Champions right. League. So you win yeah. the Europa League, get in the Champions yeah, of course, League, right? Exactly. So that's yeah. cool. But yeah. the problem is, every week we're saying the same stuff. Every week. And even our hard-earned, you know, and I'm, I, I'm a, I back Jose and I back him to get the trophies. But even I am being tested now, watching the stuff that we're watching. But that, I mean, that, that's what this no is what, this for. Yeah, but this is what I mean, though. You know, we, we are doing well in the cup competition. We're, we're into the next round of the FA Cup. We're into the final of the League Cup. We're mm. into the group stages. So we are doing well. And that's why, I, you know, I will continue to back him because I do genuinely believe we will deliver something this season in terms of silverware. I mean, yeah, there's many people screaming. We're not gonna... I mean, I, I know people are screaming now, listening, thinking, yeah, but hold on, look at the favourable draws we've had. Look what we've had in terms of the teams we've had against. You're right. And I do think at some point there is definitely a wider discussion to have how in many, terms of the head coach. How, how many times, though, have we tripped at those hurdles, though? You know, we, I remember the Palace game a couple of years yeah. ago. We tripped over that. We've yeah. So many times we chip over these late hurdles. I'll go into a final against Manchester City and I will feel confident because I think that Jose Mourinho will set up a way that will probably win us the match. Um, of course, yes, it is Man City and that is going to be an incredibly mm. difficult game. But again, I, you know, Jose Mourinho, he's got the know-how of winning these big games. He's mm. been the dog in so many matches on his in his career. And, you know, I, I do think he will win, uh, definitely deliver a, a trophy this season. But uh, again, in the league... I just again, I don't think we set up as a as a team that really has any sort of ambitions of doing something serious. Yeah, I think I think I think to put it into context, I think if if you ask any Tottenham fan after the Everton um, game, you know the one 0 defeat on the opening weekend of the season, um, if Tottenham at the end of the season won a trophy, um, you know, don't matter what trophy it is, whether it's an FA Cup, a League Cup, or the Europa League, and finished in the top four, yeah. would you be happy? Every oh, single Tottenham course. fan would have said yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and. and and for the board, the, the the requirement is for any Tottenham manager to go in there as Tottenham boss to finish top four. Now, Jose Mourinho, and I've said this before, Jose Mourinho wants to win a trophy. He knows the 13-year drought at the club. Yeah. He knows that all of us fans want a trophy. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, Ricky, you remember when we sat in that pub and we turned around and said that Mauricio Pochettino, you know, when he got sacked... Um, who yeah. joined as manager? Well, our first choice. It was our first choice. Yes. And both you and I said Jose Mourinho, and, mm. and Jason looked at us and said, "Oh my God, why on earth's that?" Because yeah. we both want a trophy. We both want to see a trophy at Spurs. Yeah. Mm. I know that we're going to have some, uh, you know, some very odd, very boring, low block football. You know, some yeah. football that all of to, us are, yeah. are going to disagree with. But... What I would say, Chris, on that point, to, to people, the style of football to them is just as important as how you win the trophies. And I think, again, that is a very key point that yeah, at some I, point this season, we're gonna have to, we are going to have to visit that, Lee, aren't we? We're, we're going yeah, to have to have that but, discussion. But I think that's point. But again, it comes back to something Jamie said at the beginning of the show as well. It's about attitude as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, tonight wasn't just necessarily about mm. the um, the attitude of the players or, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, or individual errors or, yeah. you know, the tactics. It was all of it. 
Yeah. And, and that's not good enough. And that, you know, that is something going wrong there. You know, it was tactically wrong. Yeah. The personnel were wrong. The attitude was wrong. And it had individual errors. And that's why we're all angry. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's the, you know, what happens if a day like that happens in the cup final, in the Carabao Cup final, and then a day like that happens in the sixth round of the FA Cup, and then a day happens like that in the semi-final Europa yeah. League. It's, you know, and, and that's, that's football, isn't it? That's why we love it. And that's why we hate it. Yeah. The thing is, Jose Mourinho's now been in charge of Spurs for 14 months. Most of that time has been when fans are not in the stadium. So the fans haven't been able to express properly how they feel about the style of play. And I think that Jose has been very lucky in that regard. Well, I tell you what, boys, listen, we're going to pick this up after Brighton. I say we live to fight another game, another day. I think I've already said, Lee, thank you very much. Chris, thank you as always. Always tricky. Jamie, Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. We are going to be back after Brighton, hopefully providing you with some form of some decent, you know, content about Spurs winning. My God, let's get back to winning ways because this show is difficult to do straight after when you lose. Listen, guys, keep safe, keep well, importantly. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.